Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shir will be on Parshas Mishalach. Many times in Rashi's commentary on the Chumash, he will simply say, Ketagumai, that the explanation of the Pasuk is Ketagumai, it is like its translation, meaning it is like the way that Unculus translated it in his Aramaic translation of the Torah. I have a feeling that many people tend to gloss over those Rashis. Yeah, okay, Rashi said it's like the Targum. Okay, let's continue. Let's get to something original that Rashi says. But in my humble but very strong opinion, that's a mistake. When Rashi says Kitagumai, I believe, I understand that to mean that Rashi has analyzed the Pasuk with his same precise and profound analysis that he applies to every Pusik, and that he has come to the conclusion that the best way to explain the Pusik is like the Targum. And therefore it is incumbent upon us to look up the Targum, look at the side of the page or the bottom of the page, wherever it is, and look carefully at what the Targum is saying and think about how it fits into the totality of the, of the Chumash and of Rashi's comment thereon. Here we have near the beginning of the Shira Sayam, the song that B'nai Yisrael sang after they crossed the Yam Suf, we find the following Pasuk. Ozi Vizimras Kol, I will translate it here according to how Rashi translates it after much analysis, the strength and the cutting power of Hashem, Vayihili Lishua, that was for me a salvation. That is what saved me from the Egyptians and from the waters of the Yam Suf. This is my God, and I will build for him a house, a nave. He is the God of my father, and I will exalt him. Let's take a look at the Rashi here. First of all, this is my God. The general principle in, in the language of the Torah is that ze always refers to something that is directly in front of the person who is speaking. Here it says ze eli, this is my God. That indicates that the, the speaker, the speaker is all the people of Klai Yisrael, are directly in front of Hashem. So Rashi says, Bechvodo nigla alehem. Hashem in his glory was revealed before them. The people who crossed over the Yamsuf as much as is humanly possible, they saw a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And they were pointing at him with their fingers. Now, this does not mean that Rashi is a corporealist, corporealist, that he believes that God is corporeal, that God has a body, but it means there was some presence, some light, some display of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that was available to them at that time, and they were pointing at it, they were pointing at it with their finger. 
Rosa Shifcha Alayam, Mashal Eronavim. A maidservant who stood by the Yam, she saw what Nevi'im, what prophets did not see. So there was a fantastic revelation. I've spoken about this Rashi many, uh, several times, uh, that uh, this, uh, this Rashi is used, was used by the, the great Mashkiach of the Mira Yeshiva, Rabbi Rucham Levovitz, as a proof, as a source to his fundamental point that the primary purpose of a miracle is not the salvation in and of itself, although that's certainly important if you're uh, going to be either murdered by the Egyptians or drowned in the, in the sea, it's certainly very important that God took you across on dry land, but that is not the primary most important factor of the nace. The primary purpose of the nace of the miracle is giloi, is that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is revealing himself to those for whom he is doing the nace. Anyway, Zach Haley, this is my God. This fantastic revelation which I am seeing, this is Hashem. Ve'anvehu, now what does it mean, ve'anvehu? Onkelis tirgem l'shein naveh. Onkelis translated it as a, like the word naveh, which means a house, a residence. As it says in Yeshaya, naveh sha'anon, a peaceful residence. L'neveh tzayin, the residence of the of the sheep, the sheep pens where the sheeps reside. Let's take a look at Onkelis itself. Dain Elohi, this is my God, the Evnale Makdash, and I will build for him the Besa Mikdash. So what does it mean, Zeke Levi Anvehu? This is my God, this God who was revealed to me at, at Yam Suf, this God who revealed himself in such a extraordinary way. At Yam Suf, what will I do in honor of this revelation? The Anvehu, I will build the Besa Mikdash. So, in other words, what the Pasik is saying, according to Rashi, is that the, the inspiration for building the Besa Mikdash and for building the Mishkan, which was the first iteration, the first version of the Besa Mikdash, the inspiration for building these places was to to concretize, to perpetuate, to relive the Hashroa Sashchina, the, the Gili Hashchina, the revelation of the Shechina, which took place at Yamsuf. They saw, they, they experienced the revelation of the Shechina at Yamsuf, and in their excitement, in their, in their holy excitement, they declared, I'm going to build for this God a Besamekdash. Very good. We find this really later in the Shira, I think almost explicitly. We find in Pasuk Yud Gimel, towards the end of the Shira. So the Klai Yisrael say, Nachisa v'chastacha amzu ga'alta. You, Hashem, you led with your kindness this nation and you redeemed them. Nehalta v'ozcha, you guided them in your strength. El to your holy residence. So in other words, we see that the, the goal, that the, the, the end game, as they say, of, of Kriyas Yam Suf, of the splitting of the Red Sea, was that the Beis HaMikdash, in the end, would be built. And we find again in Pasuk Yud Zion, 
to the Amoi Vesita, Amoi Baharnach Laschoda. This is still part of the Shira Sayam. This is still part of the song that they sang upon crossing the Yamsuf. To the Amoi Vesita, Amoi Baharnach Laschoda. You will bring them, you will plant them in your, the mountain of your inheritance, meaning they're talking to Hashem. Machain le Shivtacha for Alta Hashem, a a place that has been prepared for your dwelling. You have you have made Hashem. Mikdash Aronoi Kununi Yadecha. A Mikdash Hashem, your hands have prepared. So again, here we see that the the end result of Kriyas Yamsuf is going to be the building of the Besa Mikdash. So it is, uh, I think this point is uh, very strongly made in the Psukim themselves, and certainly according to the Rashi that we, that we just read. However, as we continue on through the Chumash, it doesn't seem like we see this point anywhere else. Uh, when we look through the very detailed descriptions of the Torah, in the Torah, of the Mishkan, it doesn't seem like any particular uh, part of the Mishkan is uh, some sort of a, 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 a symbol of, of the Kriyas Yamsuf or anything like that. Ramban, very famously in Parshas Truma, uh, explains, I think it's in Parshas Truma, maybe in Parshas Hisisa, but Ramban very famously explains that the Mishkan is a is a perpetuation of the Gile Shechina that occurred on Har, on Har Sinai. Ramban understands that, that many of the elements that were on Har Sinai were recreated and were perpetuated in the Mishkan. Okay, maybe Rashi disagrees with that, but still, we don't find, apparently, uh, any, any echoes of this idea. It's here in the Shira, I think, very clearly, the more I read it, uh, the more convinced I am that this is what it's saying, and yet it doesn't seem to appear elsewhere. That's the question I would like to address. If we do a little searching, I think we do find it. We don't find it in the Chumash itself, but for starters, we find it in Masechta Saita. Masechta Saita here is talking about the Kriyas Yamsuf, and here, uh, Rabbi Meir. Uh, tells us something which is uh, not what most most people remember. Uh, if you ask most people who was the first shevet to jump into the yam and take the risk and, and show their trust in a Kodesh Baruch Hu, that the yam really was going to stand on two sides with a with a nice broad avenue in the middle, so most people will say it was shevet Yehuda. It was Nachshon ben Aminadav of shevet Yehuda. That's one opinion in the Gemara. But here we have a different opinion. Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Rabbi Meir used to say, when the Klai Yisrael stood by the Yamsuf, the Shvatim, the different tribes, were quarreling with each other. They were trying to outdo each other. This one said, I'm going to go down first into the sea. That's that's I'm the one who who can do that? I'm great. I can do that. And the other, other tribe said, no, I'm the one. I should go down first into the yam. The shevet of Binyamin, they jumped, and they went down into the yam 
first. Everybody was quarreling, it should be me, it should be me. The Yaman jumped in. Shinemar, as it says, a Pasik in Tehillim, Shon Binyamin Soir Roydeim. It says there, Binyamin Soir, Binyamin, the youngest of the tribes, Roydeim, the simple translation is Roydeim. Roydeim means to rule over. Roydeim, he rules over them. But here the Rebbe Meir says, Al Tikri Roydeim, don't read the Pasik. Rodame, he ruled over them. Ella, Radiam, he went down into the sea. Okay, so the Bimeir is of the opinion that the first Shevet to go down into the Yamsuf was Binyamin. And we'll skip a few words. Lefichach, therefore, Zacha Binyamin at Sadik, therefore, Binyamin had a schus, he had a merit, the Nasa Ushbezichon the Gvura. He became the host of. Hashem. In other words, as Rashi explains, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the holiest part of the Beis HaMikdash, was built on land that, that belonged to Shevet bin Yamin. Shinemer, as it says in the Fosik, in Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha to Shevet bin Yamin, he says that between his shoulders, between the shoulders of bin Yamin, Shochein, the Shechina will dwell. So we see here that Ruvain jumped into the Yam first. He did this very uh, brave and heroic act. And therefore, what was his reward? His reward was that the Besamekdash, the holiest part of the Besamekdash, was built in his portion. And this can be understood according to what we have, have uh, seen in the, in the Shira Sayyam, that the, the foundation the inspiration for the building of the of the Beis Hamikdash is the Gili Shechina that was experienced at Yamsuf. Binyamin, we can say, internalized that inspiration to a very extraordinary degree, so much so that he was willing to to jump into the Yamsuf before everybody else, and therefore his reward is. He gets the Beis HaMikdash, so to speak. Beis HaMikdash, or the holiest part of this Beis HaMikdash, is in his territory. So here we do see an echo of what we discovered in the, in the Shira Sayyam and in Rashi. Another place where I think we see this is a little more complicated, but I think once we understand it, it is just as clear. This is a Mishnah in Mesechta Shkolim. Mesech Deshkolim talks about the mitzvah of Machsis HaShekel. That's a mitzvah on every Jew. Uh, from, from, okay, from every Jew, it's a mitzvah upon every Jew to give each year a half shekel coin to the Beis HaMikdash, and the Beis HaMikdash uses it for the uh, upkeep, so to speak, for the continued, um, continued activities in the Beis HaMikdash. That primarily the money was used to buy Korbanos Sibor, to purchase those Korbanos that are brought on behalf of the whole Klai Yisrael, uh, namely, the, the most the most obvious Korban Sibor to talk about is the Korban Tumbit, that every morning one sheep was brought on behalf of all of the Jewish nation, and every afternoon another sheep was brought on behalf of the whole nation. And then on Shabbos there were there was a Korban Musaf, and on Rosh Chodesh, and on Yom Tovim, there were other Korbanos Sibor. The money for that was raised through a yearly appeal, so to speak, 
but it wasn't an appeal like you could give or you could not give. No, this was a mitzvah, an obligation in the Torah. Each person had to give a chatzis shekel. Here in the Mishnah, Mesech the Shkolem, this is a Perik, uh, Perik Aleph, Mishnah Dalit. So we have a Machloikas. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Ha'id ben Bukhri b'yavna. Ben Bukhri, a certain Chacham, he testified in the city of Yavna. Kol koyen sheshoykel enochaytev. Any koyen who gives a shekel, enochaytev, he's not sinning. In other words, he's not obligated to do so. If he does so, it's not a problem. Amalei Rabban Yerchanim and Zakai, Rabban Yerchanim and Zakai said to him, Loki, no, not like that. That's not how it is. Ela kol koyen she'eno shokel choteh. No, it's the other way around. Any koyen, any koyen who does not give a shekel is sinning. So we have here a machlekes. Ben Bukhri testified that a koyen does not have to give a shekel. Rabbi Yerchanan ben Zakai says he does. Derech uh, Agav, parenthetically, uh, it's known from the, the very well-known Gemara in Gittin that uh, just prior to the to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, Rabbi Yerchanan ben Zakai was able to escape from Yerushalayim, and he established a, uh, a yeshiva. He established a a great assembly of Chachamim in the city of Yavne. And here we have a discussion that took place in Yavne between Ben Bukhri. Ben Bukhri is not a, I don't really know who he was, not a well-known figure, but he gave this testimony in Yavne. And who was, uh, who disagreed with him? Rabbi Yerchan and Ben Zakai. Okay, that's a parenthesis. But we have here a Machlekes. Is a Koyan obligated to give the Chatsi Shekel each year or not? And Rabbi Yerchan, Rabbi Yerchan and Ben Zakai, who is the halacha in this case, he says he must. Now, what is the issue here? Why is there a machlekes whether Kahanim have to give machsis a shekel or not? In Parshas Kisisa, where the Torah uh, gives us this mitzvah of machsis a shekel, so the Pasuk says, Kol ala all those who pass by the counting must give the chatzis shekel. The way the chatzis shekel was, was the way that mitzvah was done originally in the Midbar is that it was done as a census, that uh, each Jew had to pass by Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron and others who were helping them, and he had to present himself, and he also, and he, and he, and he was, he gave his chatzis shekel, and they counted up all the shkolem, and by this way, in this way, they knew how many people there were. So the Pasuk says, Kol ho'ever al hapakudim, all those who pass by the counting, all those who participate in the counting must give a chatzis shekel. Ben Bukhri says that that excludes Kehanim. Why? Because the psukim in Kisisa say that who are the ones who are being counted? It's the people who are mi ben esrim shona vamala, only those who are 20 years old and above. Kehanim were not counted in that way. We find in other places in the Torah, in Parshas Pinchas and other places, Kahanim and Leviim were not counted from age 20 and above. They were, first of all, they were counted separately from everyone else, and they were counted from Miben Chodesh. They were counted from the time they were a, year, a, a, a month old. So because it says, Kol 
So Ben Bukhri understood, so it must mean that Kahanim are excluded. They don't have to give the Marxist a shekel. However, what does Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai say? So if we look here in the, in the, in the commentary of the Rav, Rabbi Avadim and Bertanoro, so he says, he's quoting, commenting here on Rabbi Yechonim, any koyin who does not give the shekel is sinning. Now the pasuk that says only those who were over alapakudim had had to give the shekel, which would seem to exclude koyhanim. No, says the Rav. Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai explains it as follows: Whoever passed through the yamsuf, which means all kinds of Jews, Kohanim Levi and the Israelim, Shakulan Yam, that all of them pass through the Yam, Al Hapakudim, Al Hapakudim. They are part of this count. They have to give the boxes a shekel. There's plenty to talk about in this explanation of Rabbi Yerchanim and Zakai, but what I would like to address is it's very interesting. I think very unusual that the Jewish nation is here, according to Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai, whose opinion we follow in Allah, the Jewish nation is referred to here as Kol Ho'ever, which means Kol Ho'ever B'Yamsuf, all those who pass through the Yamsuf. It's a very interesting appellation. That's not usually how we refer to Jews. We say Jews are B'nai Avram Yitzhak V'Yakov, or B'nai Yisrael or uh, we have uh, several other uh, appellations, several other names that are used, but we're, it's very interesting that here we find the Klal Yisrael is referred to as all those people who pass through the Yamsuf, or all those whose ancestors pass through the Yamsuf. What's the point? And why is this special name used only in relationship to the mitzvah of Machsis HaShekel? So I think this is another echo. This is another manifestation of the idea that we saw in the Shira Sayam, that the, the inspiration, the source for the desire of Klal Yisrael to build the Beis HaMikdash was the revelation of Hashem that they experienced at Yamsuf. And therefore, regarding the mitzvah of Maxis HaShekel, they are called because what is the mitzvah of Maxis HaShekel, as we explained before? The purpose of the Maxis HaShekel was in the very first uh, Magbit, the very first uh, collection of Maxis HaShekel in history, was used specifically to, to, to collect silver for the Adonim, for the sockets that were used as the foundation of the Mikdash. Subsequently, later in history, each year, during the time that the Beis HaMikdash was standing, the Machsas HaShekel was used to provide korbanais for the, for the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, the, 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 the Machsas HaShekel was, was a collection to provide funds for the Beis HaMikdash to function. It's all about the Beis HaMikdash. It's not charity. It's not for poor people. It's for the Beis HaMikdash. Regarding our desire to give in order to create and to, and to perpetuate the Beis HaMikdash, what are we called? We find here this very special name that we're called. We're called Kol Ho'ever B'Yamsuf. 
we are those who either personally or that our ancestors passed through the Yamsuf. We are those who experienced that revelation at Yamsuf, and that is what inspires us. And that is what gives us the, the spiritual ability to use our money to create and to perpetuate the Beis HaMikdash. And we find, I think, one more manifestation of this idea. Let's go over here. We find in the Kinais for Tishabov. Unfortunately, uh, the Beis HaMikdash was once upon a time destroyed and has not yet been rebuilt. And therefore, every Tishabov, we we mourn and we recite liturgical poems called Kinais. And they are very poetic and uh, not so easy to understand if you don't spend some time sitting with them beforehand. Well, let's explain one little half of a line. Here it says in the, the first kinna that it said that is said on the morning of Tishabov, the following little line. Palge suf zachra The splitting, the split parts of suf, of yamsuf, zachra, she remembered, meaning Klayasul is here be, is being spoken of as if we are a, a woman, as we, if we are one person, but it's a female person. Palge suf zachra. She remembered the split paths going through the Yamsuf. She remembered the splitting of the Yamsuf. When or as they were destroying the foundations of the Beis HaMikdash. So the, the Python, the, the author of this, uh, this kina, is telling us, I'm not sure what his source is, but we'll, we'll say he is our source. The Python, the, the author of this kina, is telling us that when they were destroying the Beis HaMikdash, what were the Jews thinking about? What were they remembering? They were remembering Kriyas Yamsuf. Now, what, what's one thing got to do with the other? I've read this kinna many times uh, quickly on, on, on Tisha B'Av. Oh, all right. Uh, there's a lot of things in the kinnas I don't understand exactly, so uh, put this on the list. When you think about it, it's saying it fits exactly with the, with the idea that we that we saw in the in the Shira Sayyam, that the, the desire that Klai Yisrael has, the inspiration that Klai Yisrael has to build the Beis HaMikdash was what we have and what we did have. Where does it come from? It comes from that fantastic experience of the revelation of the Shechina at Yam Suf. And therefore, when the enemies, when our enemies were destroying the foundations of the Beis HaMikdash, what were we thinking about? We're thinking about there goes our, our great desire that we developed at Yam Suf. This was our, our big hope when we, when we experienced, when we experienced the, the Gili, when we experienced that revelation of Hashem at Yam Suf. So our big plan was to build the Beis HaMikdash, and we did so. And now it's all up in flames. You could also say perhaps that Klai Yisrael was thinking back to Kriyas Yamsuf and thinking, we still have that desire to build the Beis HaMikdash and we will, Be'ezus Hashem, someday rebuild it. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph. 
author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash